with silly aunties to see your favorite auntie. Everybody has a favorite auntie and I'm yours. Thanks for listening to Silly and Sissy. Let's have some fun. Let's climb some trees and go amazing places. We'll eat spaghetti in the morning because I'm your auntie. And we'll go on adventures to the moon and back. I love you cause I'm your auntie. So let's have some fun with silly aunties to see. Thanks for listening guys. What an amazing day and Dino's here. And we got some music. Little turtles playing. Pop, pop, pop. Thanks turtle. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Thanks for listening to Silly Auntie Sissy. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening, listening to Silly, 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 silly Auntie Sissy. I'm your favorite. And we got some stories to tell. And we got some videos. Because I see you. I see you, Turtle. I see you, Dino. And Lucky and Patchy. And more importantly, I need you. Thanks for listening. All right, we got this. Let's have some fun. What do you want to do today? Would you like to eat spaghetti for breakfast? All right. Well, we're gonna read. We're gonna read another story of the Secret Garden. Remember, we are just about, I think you remember, we were just about to go into the garden, right? Oh, we all do this. And I know this is our special Halloween episode. Halloween's a groovy day. Halloween is a groovy day. We like Halloween. What do we do on Halloween? Well, every place does it different. But in America, we go door to door and ask people for candy. Excuse me, can I have some candy? And you dress up in costumes. But you know what? The origins. Do you know what origins means, Dino? What does origins mean, silly auntie sissy? Well, origins means, Dino that the very beginning when things started out so when Halloween first started out it was the day of the dead the day you honored your ancestors so everyone it's a very Celtic holiday Irish holiday but the day of the dead is November 1st and so on Halloween people would dress up as like, so they wouldn't get the spirit. So spirits wouldn't confuse them. So they wouldn't be taken. But you could also communicate at midnight on November 1st with your ancestors from the past and talk to them. Wow, how cool. I know, because when people pass away, they're always there. So that's the very starting of Halloween. 
and it's changed a lot over the years. Halloween has become very commercialized, where you get candy or you play tricks on people, and people go to clubs, and mommies and daddies have fun too when their little babies are asleep. Um, but you can do any kind. It's not even just scary costumes anymore. Pretty costumes, your favorite TV show. You can use your imagination. My niece was going to be an avatar. What are you going to be? And remember, this is the day, the first day of the Celtic winter on November 1st. So on the first day of the Celtic winter, you go inside yourself and figure out what you're going to do for and you hibernate like a bear. <laughs> like a bear. Yes. And you find who you want to be. And you can ask your ancestors to help you. So there's all that. So have a fun and happy Halloween. And a good winter. But of course we'll talk to you later. Yay Halloween. What are you going to be Dino? Well for Halloween. I thought I would dress up as my friend turtle yay and guess what I'm gonna be what turtle well I'm gonna be dino yay what are you gonna be lucky well I thought I would be turtle too maybe I'll be silly auntie sissy <laughs> that's a great idea all right Maybe I'll read my brother Patch, too. Well, you could be either of those. Those are great. If you be me, I'll be you and Patch. I'll be half Lucky and half Patch. I'm 101 Dalmatians. No Coella DeVille. No, no Coella DeVille, right? No, no Sky. Someone's bound to be Coella, but not me. My favorite costume. Though, I always like to be something from the 40s. So, that's my favorite. 1940s. Well, let's read. So, we're talking about adventures, and we're going to have some fun adventures. Let's get started reading. Secret Garden, the Robin Who Showed the Way. She looked, o she looked at the key quite a long time. She turned it over and over and thought about it. As I have said before, she was not a child who had been trained to ask permission or consult her elders about things. All she thought about was that if it was the key to the closed garden and she could find out whether the door was and if she could find out where the door was, she could perhaps open it and see what was inside the walls and what had happened to the old rose trees. It was it was because it had been shut up so long that she wanted to see it. It seemed as if she must be different from other places and that something strange must have happened to it during 10 years. Besides that, if she liked it, she could go into every day and shut the door behind her and she could make up some play of her own and play it quite alone because nobody would ever know where she was but what would think the door was still locked and the key buried in the earth. The thought of that pleased her very much. Living as it were all by herself in a house with a hundred mysteriously closed rooms and having nothing whatever to, to amuse herself, it set her inactive brain to working and was actually working, 
wakening her imagination. Yay, imagination! There is no doubt that the fresh, strong, pure air from the moor had a great deal to do with it. Just as it had been given her an appetite, and fighting with the wind had stirred her blood, so the same things had stirred her mind. In India, she had always been too hot and languid and weak to care much about anything. But in this place, she was beginning to care and to want to do new things. Already she felt less contrary, though she did not know why. She put the key in her pocket and walked up and down her walk. No one but herself ever seemed to come there. So she could walk slowly and look at the wall, or rather at the ivy growing on it. The ivy was the baffling thing. However, so carefully, carefully she looked. She could see nothing but thick growing glossy dark green leaves. She was very much disappointed. Something of her con contrariness came back to her as she passed the walk and looked over it at the treetops inside. It seemed so silly, she said to herself, to be near it and not to be able to get in. She took the key in her pocket when she went back to the house. She made up her mind that she would always carry it with her when she went out so that if she ever should find the hidden door she would be ready. Mrs. Murdoch had allowed Martha to sleep all night at the cottage but she was back at her work in the morning with cheeks redder than ever and in the midst of the spirits. I got up at four o'clock she said eh it is pretty on about and the sun shining. I don't think I didn't walk all the way. A man gave me a ride in his cart, and I did enjoy myself. She was full of stories of the delights of her day out. Her mother had been glad to see her, and they had gone out baking and washing all the way. She had even made each of the children a donut cake with a bit of brown sugar in it. I had them all piping hot when they came in from playing on the moor, and the cottage all smelled nice and clean and hot bacon, and there was a good fire, and they just shouted for joy. Our Dickon, he said, our cottage was good enough for a king. In the evening, they had all sat around the fire, and Martha and her mother had sewed patches on torn clothes and mended stockings, and Martha had told them all about the little girl who had come from India and who had been waited on all her life by what Martha called blacks until she didn't know how to put on her own stockings. Hey, didn't they like to hear about you, said Martha. They would know all about the blacks and all about the ship you came in. I couldn't tell them enough. Mary reflected a little. I'll tell you a great deal more before your next day out, she said, so that you will have more to talk about. I dare say they would like to hear about riding on elephants and camels and about the officers going to hunt tigers. My word, I would set them up clean off their heads. Would they really do that, miss? It would be the same as a wild beast show like we heard they had in York once. In India is quite different from Yorkshire, Mary said slowly, as she thought the matter over. I never thought of that. Did Dickon and your mother like to hear you talk about me? Why, well, our Dickon's eyes nearly started out his head. They got their round, answered Martha. But mother, she was put out about your seeming to be all by yourself like. She said, hasn't Mr. Craven got no governess for her? nor no nurse and i said no he hasn't though mrs medlock says he will when he thinks of it but he says he might not think of it for two or three years she says my mom i don't want a governess said mary sharply but mother says you ought to be learning your book by this time and you ought to have a woman to look after you 
And she says, now, Martha, you just think, how do you feel yourself in a big place like that, wandering about all alone, and no mother? You do your best to cheer her up, she says, and I said I would. Mary gave her a long, steady look. You do cheer me up, she said. I like to hear you talk. Presently, Martha went out of the room and came back with something in her hands under her apron. What did I think, she said with a cheerful grin. I brought thee a present. <gasps> a present, explained Mistress Mary. How could a cottage full of 14 hungry people give away a present? A man was driving across the moor peddling, Martha explained. And as he stopped his cart at a door, he had pots and pans and odds and ends, but Mother had no money to buy anything. Just as he was going away, our Elizabeth Allen called out. Elaine called out, Mother, he's got skipping ropes with red and blue handles. And Mother, she calls, are quite sudden. Here, stop, mister. How much are they? And he says, two pence. And Mother, she began fumbling in her pocket. And she says to me, Martha, thou's brought me thy wages like a good lass. And I got four pieces to put every penny. But I'm just going to take a two-pence out of it to buy that child a skipping rope. She bought one, and here it is. She brought it out from under her apron and exhibited it quite proudly. It was a strong, slender rope with a stipend, a, stri uh, a striped red and blue handle at each end. But Mary Lennox had never seen a skipping rope before. She gazed at it with a mystified expression. What is it for? she asked curiously. For, cried out Martha. Does I mean that they've not skipping ropes in India? For all they've got elephants and tigers and camels? No wonder most of them's black. This is what this is for. Just watch me. And she ran into the middle of the room and took a hand on each hand, began to skip and skip and skip, while Mary turned in her chair to stare at her. And the que queer faces in the old portrait seemed to stare at her, too, and wonder what on earth this common little... Katsager have the impotence to be doing under their weary noses. But Martha did not even see them. The interest and curiosity in Mistress Mary's face delighted her, and she went on skipping and counted as she skipped until she had reached a hundred. I could skip longer than that, she said when she stopped. I've skipped as much as five hundred when I was twelve, but I wasn't as fast as I, as I am now. I was in practice. Mary got up from her chair, beginning to feel excited herself. It looks nice, she said. Your mother is a kind woman. Do you think I could ever skip like that? You just try it, urged Martha, handing her the skipping rope. You can't skip a hundred at first, but if you practice, you'll mount it up. That's what Mother said. She says nothing will do her more good than skipping rope. It's the simplest toy a child can have. Let her play out in the fresh air skipping, and it will stretch her legs and arms and give her some strength in them. It was a plain thing that there was not a great deal of strength in Mistress Mary's arms and legs when she first began to skip. She was not very clever at it, but she liked it so much that she did not want to stop. Put on thy things and run and skip outdoors. Mother and I, Mother said I must tell you to keep outdoors as much as you could, even when it rains a bit, so as thou wrapped up warm. Mary put on her coat and hat and took her skipping rope over her arm. She opened the door to go out and then suddenly thought of something and turned back rather slowly. Martha, she said, there were your wages. It was your twopence, really. Thank you. She said it stiffly because she was not used to thanking people or nothing that they did things for her or noticing that they did things for her. Thank you, she said. 
and held out her arm because she did not know what else to do. Martha gave her hand a clumsy little shake, as if she was was not accustomed to this sort of thing either. Then she laughed, Hey, thou art a quirled old womanish thing. If thou had been our Elizabeth Allen, that would have given me a kiss. Mary looks different than ever. Do you want me to kiss you? Martha laughed again. No, not me. If that was different, perhaps they'd want to, they'd want to thyself. But this isn't. Run up outside and play with thy rope. Mistress Mary felt a little awkward as she went out of the room. Yorkshire people seemed strange, and Martha was always rather a puzzle to her. At first she had disliked her very much, but now she did not. The skipping rope was a wonderful thing. She counted and skipped and skipped and counted until her cheeks were quite red and she was more interested than she had ever been since she was born. The, the sun was shining and a little wind was blowing, not a rough wind, but one which came in delightful little guests and brought a fresh scent of newly turned earth with it. She skipped round and the fountain grew and up one walk and down another. She skipped at last into the kitchen garden and saw Ben Weatherstaff digging. She skipped down the walk toward him, and he lifted his head. Well, he exclaimed, upon my word, perhaps thou art a young un after all, and perhaps that got, thou's got child blood in thy veins instead of sour buttermilk. Thou skipped right into thy cheeks as sure as my name's Ben Weatherstaff. I wouldn't have believed it. Thou could do it. I never skipped before. I'm just beginning. I can only go up to twenty. Thou keep on. Thou, sh thou shakes well enough at it for a young un and that's lived with the heathen. Just see how he's watching thee. He'll be at it again today. He'll be bound to figure out what thy skipping rope is. He's never seen one, eh? Shaking his head at the bird. Mary skipped around all of the gardens. At length she went to her own special walk and made up her mind. It was a good long skip and she began slowly, but before she had gone halfway down the path, she was so hot and breathless that she was obliged to stop. She did not mind much though because she had always counted up to thirty. She stopped with a little laugh of pleasure, and there, lo and behold, was the robin swaying on a lo long branch of ivy. He had followed her, and he greeted her with a chirp, as Mary had skipped toward him. She felt something heavy in her pocket strike against at each jump, and when she saw the robin, she laughed again. You showed me where the key was yesterday. You ought to show me the door today, but I don't believe you know. The robin flew from his swinging spray of ivy to the top of the well and opened his beak and sang a loud, lovely trill, merely to show off. Nothing in the world is quite adorable loving as a robin when he shows off, and they're nearly always doing it. Mary Lennox had heard a great deal about magic in her eyes' stories, and she always said that what happened almost at that moment was magic. One of the nice little gusts of wind rushed down the walk, and it was stronger one than the rest. It was strong enough to wave the branches of the trees, and it was more than strong enough to sway in trailing sprays of trimmed ivy hanging from the wall. Mary had stepped close to the robin, and suddenly the gust of wind swang outside some loose ivy trails, and more suddenly still she jumped toward it and caught it in her hand. This is it, she said. This is she did because she had seen something under it, a round knob. <gasps> oh my God, can you guess? It was the door, knob of the door. 
She put her hands under the leaves and began to pull and push them aside. Thick as the ivy hung, it nearly all was a loose and swinging curtain. Though some had crept over wood and iron, Mary's little heart began to thump, and her hands began to shake a little in her delight and excitement. The robin kept swinging and twittering away and tilting his head on the side as if he were excited as she was. What was this under her hands, which was square and made of iron, and which her fingers found a hole in? It was the lock of the door, which had been closed ten years, and she put her hand in a pocket and drew out the key, and her hand shook a little, and found it fitted the keyhole. She put the key in and turned it. <gasps> she took two hands to do it, but it did not turn. And then she took a long path and looked behind her up the long walk to see if anyone was coming. No one was coming. No one ever did come, it seemed. And she took another long breath because she didn't, couldn't help it. And she held the swinging curtain of ivy and pushed back the door, which opened slowly, slowly. Then she slipped through it and shut it behind her and stood with her back against it, looking about her and breathlessly, quite fast with excitement and wonder and delight. <gasps> she was standing inside the secret garden! And tomorrow we'll read The Strongest, The Strangest House. Well, Mary did it. She found the garden. What an amazing little girl. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm here for you. And we've got magic. And that's what Halloween is all about. Silly Auntie Sissy and Dino are a little bit Celtic Irish from the... Yes, we are. Everybody's a little bit Irish. Yeah, sometimes. But Auntie Sissy's a little bit Irish among so many different things. So enjoy the magic of All Saints Day on November 1st. Bye! Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining Silly Auntie Sissy on adventures and stories. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello. Well, it's Silly Auntie Sissy, Alicia Marie. And I'm here to talk about, uh, take you on a magic trip behind the scenes of Silly Auntie Sissy's. You may be curious how Silly Auntie Sissy decides what stories to read. Well, and before I discuss that, I want to say this episode is a part of Outcast Podcast Week. So thank you, Outcast, for supporting podcasts and doing an audio fiction week. You're the best. So now to telling about the magic. Well, Silly Auntie Sissy usually chooses books that she likes. That's me. I choose books that I like and I sort of like to mirror myself after Mr. Rogers I think it's important for kids to understand themselves and to have the idea that they are important too and it's always important for kids to, kids to create the magic I never forgot what it's like to be a child and so I picked some of my favorite books Secret Garden, and books that are in the public domain, too. That's important, too. But, in the Boxcar Children, and I really have an idea about 
family friendly. So it's not only just my favorite books, but it's books that are family friendly too. And they have to be um, magical. And even when I choose to create stories, I'm always thinking about family, how families can have fun together, and how a lot of fun can be created. So that's the other thing. It has to be about kids and families and moms and dads. And I think it's important to have a radio theater where kids can get pure entertainment as so much television is sort of a bit shaky, you know. And by shaky, I mean it's violent, it's too grown up. Because I feel like kids have grown up too fast. So I would entertain them. And everyone should have someone who is special to them, treats them special. So that's why I've chosen to be silly Auntie Sissy. Because I'm silly, yes. But also because I want to everyone have an auntie, an aunt, that treats them special. So if they can think of me, then they can know how special I am. And how special they are. So they can always have someone know what's going... No matter what's going on in their life, they can always... Kids can always have someone to look up to and know that someone special is going to be there for them. So that's why I created Silly Auntie Sissy. So if anyone has any questions, please feel free to email me. And you can learn more about me and Silly Auntie Sissy. And Dino. I created Dino because my niece liked puppets. And I thought it would be fun to have puppets. Dino is a brown little animal. And we want to say hello. Hello! Yes, Dino, we're doing a very special episode right now. Explaining the magic of our show. Oh yeah, I want to talk about that. Auntie Sissy's great. She really does have the magic and ability to create love. She really cares about me and I care about her. But I just wanted to say, when it comes to the magic, there's nothing more important than bringing me to life. I know how to bring Auntie Sissy knows how to bring puppets to life and stuffed animals to life. Because if it wasn't for her, I would never be able to express myself. So, she puts her little hand in me and talks and talks and explains to everyone. That's right. I love to talk. And I love to help others find a way. That's why I created Little Dino. Because I like others to know how I like to use tools to help kids and anyone with special needs or mental illness to explore themselves and understand. I thought it would be better to have a friend like Dino. Yay! 
explain the world to them and not just me someone who they could relate to and I like to talk about movies on here and give people reviews of movies that they can watch with their kids and give them fun ideas Daniel the Tiger is a big thing I think Daniel Tiger very special and he gives people a lot of ideas and so there's that too most importantly this podcast is all about creating the magic and when I do have guests on it has to be someone special who will help the kids and me feel special too and I've had a few on well guys Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a better understanding of the podcast and what it's like, and I hope this makes you understand why, um, what to expect when you listen to Silly Auntie Sissy. It'll keep growing. I'll keep growing this special show, and I just want to thank everyone for listening, and again, I just want to give a shout out to All Cast Podcast for doing this, and... Helping people discover podcasts in general. So keep listening to Silly Auntie Sissy. And if you have any questions, you can uh, email on Apple. Or um, email me at A-L-Y-C-I-A-M-R at Gmail. And I can help you and your kids can get ideas. Alright, well, thank you guys, and this has been a magical time. Love you guys. Bye. Dino says goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye. And go get some magic flutes or sing a little. As Mr. Rogers said, I'm going to leave you through a reminder. Mr. Rogers said, the magic is everyone needs someone to put a smile on their face and a song on their lips. Because everyone needs to feel a little special. And hopefully I'm that person. Bye guys. Stay tuned.